Bismillah. All Sisters Holika Association, known as ASHA, is a program of Women's Health First, an educational and charitable organization dedicated to promote the health and quality of life through public information, education, and resources with emphasis on women's health promotion. ASHA is the program of WHF, committed to provide Islamic educational programs unique to Muslim women all over the world and people interested to learn the basics of Islam. This podcast will provide the basic Islamic education and tips for Muslim women to perform her religious duties properly based on Quran and Sunnah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. Welcome again, sisters, for this uh, beautiful uh, halakha. Remember and remind myself and all of us that we gather in only for the sake of Allah and only to seek a pleasure for Allah. And we are not learning. As we learn, we share. As we share, we learn. Inshallah, and this is going to be a very tough topic. As you can see, a lot of sisters are not joining. They're scared because this topic is scary because it's not a pleasant topic. But reality is that we have to know what it comes to when it comes to divorce and uh, marriage in Islam. We should be able to, you know, understand the ruling and then know our rights. And then, you know, especially when it comes to Islam, because again, sometimes also once you know, you can advise other people. So it's very important to just get the knowledge. Another reason why we're doing this topic and it's very important is that the topic prevents the divorce. When you know about something, you will be able to really work hard to do your best knowing that it's bad, then we can prevent it. That's another reason why we should really, really come to this kind of gathering to, to learn, inshallah. And prior to this, we have uh, uh, Imam uh, Sheikh Daoud from uh, Bilal Masjid. They have a halakha and uh, join with his uh, co-imam from Texas. They talk about the importance of the tawbah, which is a very, very important that we also can touch base because again, all the success of our life, the strengthening of our marriage require us to really repent us repentance from Allah, the most high, the one who forgives us in our daily life, you know. Without further delay, inshallah, Rabbi Alamin, I'll be presenting with our president and, uh, uh, of education and the training and the vice president of Asha's sister Umu Zamzam. She's going to be the co-presenter for this. And she's uh, supposed to be presenting Manafat, but she was not feeling well. So we're going to do a little half and half. I'm helping it through a little bit at the beginning to just be part of it, inshallah. Without further delay, I would like to start by thanking Allah SWT for again this great opportunity for us to be here. A'udhu billahi minash shaitanir rajeem. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Wassalatu wassalam ala rasulullah amabad. 
Allahumma arena hakka hakkan warzukuna tiba'a wa arena batila batilan warzukuna shtina'a. Amin. Allahumma idina surat al-mustaqim surat al-lazina an'amta alayhim ghayri al-magdubi alayhim waladdu'alim. Amin. Naam. Bismillah. So again, like I introduced, it was uh, to talk about the law pertaining to the divorce because it's a part of the two series, which is uh, the marriage in Islam. And today, like I said, we will talk about divorce, inshallah, with the Asha team member. So let's start with the overview, overview of this marriage. In Islam, it is believed that marriage should be a field with mercy, compassion, you know, tranquility, peace, love, you know, and, you know, and the marriage is a blessing, a great blessing. Manafat, Allah says, as we learned from last week, Halakha, two weeks ago, because last week we did the coronavirus, but prior to that, we did a law pertaining to marriage and the rights of a spouse. So as we see, it says that the marriage is a half of your deen, half of your faith, subhanAllah. It's very important, very, very important in our life as a Muslim, you know, and, you know, yeah, so it is a blessing. And each partner, we have to also understand that each partner in a marriage has a certain right and responsibility. And we went over that with the sister Sarah Severoni last time, which is very important. We learned those rights, those uh, um, responsibility. And uh, as we say, as we say that in Islam, they not, we don't have a, equality when it comes to men and women, but we have equity. And equity is everybody have their rights and know what assigned to them to do in terms of, doesn't come from a husband, doesn't come from, from a wife. It comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He has the one who legislates who should do what and who should do what, you know? So again, we have to respect that. Now, so we went over that. And uh, like I said, again, if anybody, any partner in this relationship do right and do what they're supposed to do, what they are assigned to do by Allah and do it right, we're not going to be discussing about the second issues, you know. Unfortunately, you know, it's not always the case. It's not always the case, you know. So, and then uh, what happened? The very last result, the very last result will be occurring. You know, again, what is that? Divorce is permitted in Islam as a very last result. It is not possible to continue in a marriage when there is a really a fitna. You know, we'll back that up is that we're different from uh, Jewish when you marry for life and you can come no out and then there is uh, Islam, Allah love the marriage. He know how it's important in this, but he did not make it halal for us, you know. But he, Allah subhanahu ta'ala, prefer that we really love that we stay married. So think about that. Now, Allah subhanahu ta'ala says in the Surah Al-Baqarah, Ayah 229 says, either you retain her on equitable term or separate from her with a kindness. This is one of the ayah that shows that, it, that divorce is a really permissible 
So we don't just come in and say it because we say, well, we live in Western. If it doesn't work, you know what? I'm out of here. No. For us, it got to be from our creator, from our books, from our Quran, and then on the lip of the Prophet Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So yes, that ayah is one of the ayah that shows us so far that this act, although is not allowed, is not acceptable, but it's permissible now. But Can guess you, what happened? Oh, we sorry. have to take certain steps um, needed to take to ensure that all options, sisters, all options has been exhausted. I don't know how to explain this word. In French, it's a big word, exhausted. You know, it's stressful. It's something like, it's like, I don't say impossible. You'd really did it. You know, it is like I did every single thing. Wow. You did? Did you talk to Sister Nahila? How about Sister Alima from Texas? Did you call them? Well, who did you talk to? How exhausted are you? You know, everything that you're supposed to do by talking to the same person? No, that's your husband. No. Well, if you are really do everything is exhausted, then both parties are treated with respect and justice, meaning that you come to mediation where you would like to seek to other alternative. <laughs> now, now, so in that, what will you do? Well, in your power, you did everything you say. Well, let's evaluate the reconciliation. Did you think about that? You did everything, meaning that you're still in a problem mood. Do you seek for solution mode, outside solution? Well, yeah. Then when marriage is in a danger, couples are advised to pursue all possible remedies to rebuild their relationship. Divorce is allowed as a last option, as we saw earlier, but it's totally discouraged. It is an option, but it's a discouraged option. I don't know how much I can say it. My exclamation does not even mean a lot, but is really forbidden, I would say. But again, is not a haram. Prophet of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says, of all the lawful things, divorce is the most hated by Allah. Oh yeah, Allah, SubhanAllah. This is a deep. So says, let's pause right there. For those of you who are still married, please think about those. And know something else also. You marry for the sake of Allah. You marry for the sake of the pleasure of Allah. You marry as, as you pray. It's ibadah. You get up, you do your five daily salat. That's exactly what the marriage is. In the eyes of Allah, in the deen that we really preserve in our heart, in Islam. So sisters, this word is so profound. Of all the, the lawful things, Divorce is the most hated by Allah. For this reason, the first step a couple should make is to really, really search the heart, evaluate your relationship, and try, try to reconcile. No matter what it is, that should be your own and only priority. Do all those things. Don't plan plan B. From my presentation, without further delay, I will have. Uh, Sister Umu Zamzam, to carry on the rest of the presentation, inshallah, attention. And the question will be at the end, inshallah.
Mazamzam? Oh, thank you, Sister Nahila. There's no other option than divorce. After thoroughly evaluating your marriage, there is no shame in proceeding with the next step. That is divorce. Allah gives us the option because sometimes it's truly the best interest for all concerned. It really is. Nobody needs to remain in a situation that causes distress, pain, and suffering, suffering, especially in the case where it affects your relationship with Allah as our job. So in many cases, it is really merciful that you go your separate ways after you try everything and it still doesn't work out because Allah is our gel. He says in the Quran that parties should either hold together on equitable terms or separate with kindness. And that's in Surah Al Baqarah, chapter 2 through 29. All right. Let's see here. All right. Next slide, please. So. There are some options <clears throat> that we can uh, do before we get to a divorce. And that is actually arbitration. Uh, for example, where Allah says, and if you fear breach between the two of you, appoint an arbitrator from his relatives and an arbitrator from her relatives, if they both desire re reconciliation, Allah will affect harmony between them. Rarely Allah has full knowledge and is aware of everything. And that's in Surah Tunisa verse number 35. So <clears throat> filing for divorce in Islam is initiated by the husband alone. And that is known as talaq. Talaq should be pronounced by the husband, whether it's verbal, whether it's written, and it should only be done once. Since the husband is seeking to break the marriage contract, the wife has full rights to keep the, the, the mahar or the dowry that was paid to her. Next slide, please. Okay, so from the man's side, the talaq, the divorce, there is a waiting period, and that waiting period is called the idda. And during this time, the couple continues to live under the same roof, but sleeps apart. Uh, this gives the couple time to calm down, evaluate the relationship, and perhaps reconcile. But after the declaration of divorce, there is a three-month waiting period and it's finalized after three menstrual cycles, not three months, but three menstrual cycles. And that is for to determine whether the woman is pregnant or not before divorce is actually finalized, if it comes to that. So <clears throat> during the relationship, the husband and the wife are free to resume their relationship at any time. And <laughs> what that means is actually if they consummate, then the divorce is now null. It's no longer a divorce. So if the relationship is consummated, then there's no more waiting for three menstrual cycles. You are husband and wife and you continue your relationship, you know, in, in, in the manner that you just carry on like you've been doing. Uh, another reason for the waiting period is uh, if she's expecting a child, you cannot be divorced. A woman cannot be divorced while she's expecting a child. Next slide, please. All right, let's see here. All right, so when the divorce is finalized, if it comes to that, after the waiting period is over, the divorce is finalized. It's best for the couple to formalize the divorce in the presence of two witnesses. 
verifying that the parties have fulfilled their obligation. At this time, the wife is free to remarry whomever she chooses. The law, as Ewajal says, divorce is given two times, and then a woman must be retained in a good manner or released gracefully. And that's from the Quran, chapter 2, verse 229. In Islam, the third divorce, the couple may not remarry again. They may not remarry again. All right. So first the woman must seek fulfillment in marriage to a different man only after, she's, only after she is divorced from that man or widowed from that man will she have the opportunity to remarry the first husband. And uh, we're actually going to reference our green book on this. This is the book that we have in our library for this. And um, I need the next slide, please. Okay, so that's the green book there. So inshallah, I would really like to take the time to uh, speak on your, Nahila, I'm supposed to go through uh, pages 120 to 121, right? There's some questions and answers from that green book I just showed you. I think, what time is it? I'll go through some of those things and then we'll be able to talk about some questions and answers uh, I really would like to hear your input. If uh, anybody's going through it, have been through it, advice for those who may or may not go through it. If we can save anybody's marriage now who is in a situation where it is already tense, we would like to discuss those things. But here in our green book, there are some questions and answers um, that will help us think about you know, some things if it had applied to us it will apply to us or if we're going through it now, inshallah. This is just general knowledge that we should have so that we can help ourselves, if not others. So page 120 of the book, it says, if the woman sees that the husband does not want her, but she wishes to remain with him, what can she do to resolve the situation? Allah Zawajal says, if a woman fears cruelty or desertion on her husband's part, there is no blame on them if they arrange an amicable settlement between them and such settlement is best. So, <clears throat> uh, Al-Havid Ibn Kandir said, if a woman is afraid that a husband will shun her, turn away from her, then it is permissible for her to relinquish all or some of her rights, including her rights to um, maintenance, clothing, sexual relations uh, that she has upon him. It is permissible for him to accept this from him so there is no wrong in relinqu relinquishing these rights and there's no wrong on him if he accepts this from her. And concerning this, Allah says, there is no blame on them if they arrange an amicable settlement between themselves and such settlement is best. Does anybody have any questions on that? If a woman sees that the husband doesn't want her, but she wishes to remain with him? Okay, so now I'll go on to the next question. We can always come back if you should choose. You can always put some things in the chat as well, inshallah. So the second question is, if the woman hates the man <laughs> and she does not wish to remain with him, what could she do? So Allah Zawajal says, if you do indeed fear that they would be unable to keep the limits ordained by Allah Zawajal, then there is no blame on either of them if she gives something or all a part of her bridal money for her freedom. So you can pay him back all a part of the money that he's given you for your dowry, for your dowry, for your mahar, and say, you know, I just want out. I just want to leave. 
So um, that's in Surah Tobaqa 229. Um, that is, yeah, Surah Tobaqa 229. And uh, it's not that easy. You can't just give the man back the money and then um, you know expect a divorce. There are a few more steps in there. So we'll continue forward with the Hadith, which says, if the husband and the wife are in discord with one another, then the woman does not provide the rights of the man and she hates him, is unable to live with him. And she is allowed to release herself from him by returning the money that was given to her. And there's no problem in her returning this money and no problem if he accepts it from her. So he would actually have to accept it from, from you. You can't just throw it on his, his feet and say, you know, hey, I'm out. He, he has to say, okay, well, I'll accept this uh, dowry from you or a part of it from you and, you know, releases you from there. If the woman, this is a question number three, if the woman asks her husband for a divorce without any valid reason, what punishment does she deserve? If the woman asks her husband for a divorce without any valid reason, what punishment does she deserve? And so this is narrated from Thauban. May Allah be pleased with him. The Prophet Muhammad said, may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon him said, any woman who asks her husband for a divorce without a valid reason, then the fragrance of paradise is prohibited for her. And that was narrated by Abu Dawood and Tamizi and Ibn Hibban declared that Hassan is, that this is, this is Hassan and, and it is Sahih. So um, that this is good and um, some from the best hadith inshallah. So this is because the most hateful halal action that Allah uh, looks upon is divorce. Divorce is halal, but Allah doesn't like it. Divorce is only to be used as a last resort. And if it's used before that, it is disliked because of the harm it causes, which is a well-known fact. That need for the situation, which drives a woman to seek a divorce, that her husband is not fulfilling her rights to such a degree that it becomes a detriment to, for her to remain with him. So Allah says, either you retain each other on equitable terms or separate. Okay. For those who take an oath of abstention, which means, um, you know, an oath of, you know, not having sexual relations with their wives and waiting for four months, it is ordained. If they return, Allah is merciful, Allah is forgiving. Uh, but if their intentions is firm for divorce, then Allah hears and knows all things. All right, so we have the next one. I think we're on four. What is the woman to do after the termination of her marriage? So once the marriage is terminated, inshallah, there are two types of separations between the husband and wife. Uh, the first occurs uh, during life and the second by death. For both which types of separation, the woman must wait for a fixed period of time uh, set by the Sharia during which she may not remarry, she may not remarry. This is known as the Iddah period. Uh, the wisdom behind the Iddah period is still bound by the marriage to ensure that she is not pregnant, that someone other than her husband for whom she came uh, separated does not have sexual intercourse with her. If she were to become pregnant, there would be confusion over who's the father and the right of descendancy would be lost. Also, the Iddah is a token of respect for the previous marriage of the honor of the ex-husband or the late husband and demonstrates the effect of the separation of women. 
or the separation of the woman. There are four types of iddah. The first type of iddah, if the woman is pregnant, uh, which always ends with childbirth, then the divorce is final or the divorce uh, was reversible. The separation being from a living husband or a dead one, Allah Zawajal says. And for those who are pregnant, they're prescribed a period until they deliver their baby. So the divorce would not come until after the baby is born. And that you can find in Suratul Salak. The second type is the iddah of the divorced woman who menstruates, and this is before menopause. Its duration is three menstrual periods. And this is in Suratul Baqarah, verse 228. Divorced women shall make themselves wait from getting married to a new husband for three monthly periods. The third type of iddah is that the iddah of the woman who does not menstruate and she can be of two types, a young girl under the age of period, oh, under the age of puberty, meaning that she has not been started to menstruate, and an elderly woman who has already stopped menstruating. Allah has decreed the idda of both types of women in his statement. Such of your women have passed the age of monthly courses. For them prescribed period, if you have any doubts, is three months, and for those who have not started menstruating, it is likewise the same. And this is in Salaq. Verse number four, excuse me. The fourth verse, the fourth type of uh, idda, excuse me, is when the husband has died, when the husband has transitioned and he has returned to Allah Azawajal. Uh, Allah Azawajal says, and those of you who die and leave behind widows, they should make themselves wait from a period of getting married after death of their husbands for four months and 10 days. So this woman who had sexual intercourse with her husband and a woman who had not, the prepubescent woman uh, and the older woman who has stopped menstruating but does not include the pregnant woman because she has been excluded by a law statement. And for those who are pregnant, their prescribed period is till they deliver their babies. So even if their husbands have passed, the four months and 10 days do not apply to them. They have to continue out the entire um, term of their you know pregnancy which is usually about nine months for most women okay. so though prohibitions applicable to the woman in her iddah the prohibitions applicable to the woman in her iddah all right so the ruling concerning marriage proposals to her all right so now the divorce has happened now she's uh, pushing forward and uh, now what do you do with life after divorce so the ruling concerning marriage proposals to her in a reversible divorce, it is haram to propose to the woman um, explicitly or by indication. It is because she is treated as if she is still married, therefore it's not permissible for anyone to propose to her as if she is still in the custody of her husband. In a final divorce, it is haram to propose to the woman explicitly, but it is allowed to make an indication. And there is no blame on you, Allah says, and there is no blame on you if you make a hint or of, of uh, betrothal or concealing in your heart. So that's Surah Al-Baqarah uh, 235. So if you're thinking about it, there's no sin, you know, but, you know, keep it you know, kind of keep it to yourself, but you can kind of hint it and no sin in thinking about things. 
a clear or explicit proposal on the one made by clearly expressing the wish to marry a woman, for example, by saying, I want to marry you. This is because of her concern of getting remarried again may lead her to inform that her idda is over before it actually is over. So you have to wait till the idda is over, brothers, before you get to say, you know, what you want to say. So this is unlike the proposal that is limited or hinted or indicated because it is not empathetic in displaying the wish of the married to uh, wish to marry her, and therefore does not create this situation. Uh, furthermore, the understanding of the above verse shows this that an example of a hint of an education is like saying, "I'm interested in someone like you." All right, it's allowable for the woman in her idda after its final divorce to answer that hinted proposal in the indication of the hint, but it is not allowable for her to reply in a clear, explicit proposal. Finally, it is not allowable for a woman who is in her idda after reversible after a reversible divorce to answer any proposal, whether it's explicit or hinted. So while you're going through this period, you're feeling lonely, you're feeling sad, you, you can't accept you know, any kind of proposal when you did that. There's nothing wrong with you thinking what you want to think, but to actually uh, just come out and say it, when I accept your proposal, it can't be accepted during it. This is because of Allah's Awajal, who is the most high, and he says this in Surah Tabakara 235, and do not resolve on the tie of marriage till the term prescribed is fulfilled. So do not propose or accept a proposal until the period of inda is completely uh, fulfilled, until the marriage is actually uh, terminated. Until the marriage is terminated and the divorce is actually fulfilled. So Ibn Kathir stated in his tafsir, this means that do not make any contracts for marriage until the inda is finished. There's a consensus among the scholars that this is the case. There are two important facts to note here. One, the woman is divorced before the consummation of her marriage with her husband and does not have an end that by the statement of Allah. All you believe, this is what Allah says, all who you believe. When you marry believing women and then divorce them before having sexual intercourse with them, no period of a death have you to count in respect of them. And that's in Surah Al-Azhab, and that's in verse 49. Uh, Ibn Kathir stated in his tafsir that there is a consensus on the point among the scholars where the women who are divorced before having intercourse with her husband does not have an idda and can go and marry as soon as he wishes because he can have four wives while he has a situation with one wife and he's in idda period. It doesn't stop him from being able to. Uh, it doesn't stop him to be uh, from um, you know looking into other opportunities, marital opportunities. If the woman is divorced before having intercourse with the husband, and yet the bridal money has already been fixed, and she takes half of it, any woman who is divorced without her bridal money being fixed is entitled to compensation of an appropriate amount of clothes or similar things. Um, the woman that has divorced after intercourse with the husband receives the bridal money uh, in full. Okay. So Allah says that there is no blame on you if you divorce women before consummation of marriage or the fixation of the bridal money, but bestow on them a suitable gift, the wealthy according to his means and the poor according to his means. So his saying, and if you divorce before consuming I'm sorry, before consummation 
Uh, but after the fixation of the bridal money for them, then half of the bridal money is due to them, meaning that there is no harm upon you husbands to divorce the women before having intercourse with them and before fixing the bridal money. Uh, if there is uh, in that any disappointment for her, then it is made by his being obliged to pay the, the compensation uh, amount, which is specified on every husband according to his position of wealth and poverty. poverty. Then Allah mentioned the woman whose bridal money was fixed and ordered on the half uh, of it be given to her. And this is from the Hadith of Ibn Kathir. So that is the four types of Adab. Those are the rulings that are according um, you know, to our laws uh, in Islam, both the Quran and the Hadith. If anybody has any questions, this will be the opportunity to ask. And if anybody has a discussion, or a statement, this is an opportunity to uh, you know, discuss these matters. Uh, now, this is Nahila, Sister Nahila wanted me to also tell you that this is a very safe space. Um, this part right here um, is, is going to be very private. And if you, you know, feel that there is something that's going on with you now, or maybe you're looking at something in review, or you're trying to learn for the future, or you're trying to help someone, uh, inshallah, this is our halakha circle, a safe place for us to have these conversations. And if you have any questions or statements or comments, this is the time. I would like to call Sister Zulifa to take us with the Rabbanadua as we are running and out of the time. And uh, without further delay, Sister Zulifa, Madame Duty. And uh, for Another thing, we would like to take a minute to thank Sister Zulifa for her great work. We need to really acknowledge her work. And we now, thumbs up. She already did uh, 20 Rabbanah duas, mashallah. Walillah, alhamd, Allah, Allah, Akbar. Allah, Akbar, Allah, Akbar. So, All yes, sister. belong to him. Yeah. Yes, yes, mm -hmm. Allah, Akbar. So, may Allah help us and go over Amen. those duas. Amen. And uh, may Allah help her. And Allah bless her abundantly, grant her Jannah through Fidaus. Every Amen. single thing that we have in our heart, Allah knows she has one in her heart. May Allah grant her and grant Amen. her peace and her marriage and love Amen. her for the sake of Allah. Assalamu alaikum. Amen. The again, same. Sister Zulifa. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Wa shukur lillah. Hamdan kasiran taiban mubarakafi. All praise be to Allah, Lord of the universe, the just. No matter what trial He puts you through, remember, He's still the just. You might not understand that, but believe it. Know that in your heart, He's the just, the most merciful, the entire merciful to His entire creation. And may His peace and blessing be upon Nabi Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wasallam his family and his companion. We thank Allah for his blessing upon us, upon the Ummah and upon the universe and pray that he grant us a blessed and a long and a pious life and protect us from calamities, disease and make us thankful and grateful servants to him upon all condition, upon all, upon all condition. May he bless all marriages with love and rahmah, love and rahmah. Those two things, when they're missing in a marriage, forget it. Inshallah. Today's, to, today's Rabbanah Dua is uh, 
number 21, which is going to be in Surah 7, verse 47. I'm going to read it and then break it down, inshallah. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Rabbana la taj'alna ma'al kawmizzalimeen. Rabbana la taj'alna ma'al kawmizzalimeen. Rabbana la taj'alna ma'al kawmizzalimeen. Meaning what? Meaning our Lord sent us not to the company of the wrongdoers. Amin. Alhamdulillah. I'm going to break it down, inshallah. Rabbana, la taj'alna, la taj'alna, ma'al, qawmi zalimin, qawmi zalimin. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us all from bad companies. May he be our parents, our siblings, our children, Family members, the entire Ummah, may Allah SWT protect us all. Rabbana taqabbal minna inna kanta samiul alim wa tubu alayna inna ka anta tawabu rahim. May Allah SWT accept our effort and purify our intention and purify our heart. And I am extending this dua towards married men and married women so they could have peace in their houses and treat each other fairly for the sake of Allah. May Allah SWT benefit us all with what we heard, what we learn, and give us the ability to practice. May Allah SWT always bring us closer to his pleasure, guide our thoughts, our intention, our decisions. May he protect us from his anger. May he protect us from his punishment in this life, in the grave, in the hereafter. I pray, Rahman, to unite us all in Jannatul Firdaus. May he bless and have mercy on the entire Ummah of Nabi Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the living and the dead. Ameen. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Ashhadu an la ilaha illa anta. Astaghfiruka wa tubu ilayk. Until next time, inshaAllah. Hayakallah. Wa assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Wa barakatuh. Peace and love. Assalamualaikum <laughs> everyone. Waalaikumsalam. Thank you. Thank you.